when I started teaching and people in my age range and specifically often mostly women who said, hey, I see you perform. I want to try this, but am I too old or I don't have the strength? And I tell them, it's like any exercise. You do the exercise and you get the strength for the exercise. So I started teaching about 10 years ago, a little bit after I retired from work. And I have taught all age ranges from kids to a woman who at the time was 93 years old. Welcome to the Second Act Fit Pros podcast, the show where I highlight the vibrant and active lives of health and fitness professionals in their second act. I'm your host, Erin, a functional aging specialist, and I'm here to introduce you to a diverse range of professionals dedicated to empowering individuals to live well, thrive, and embrace their second act through movement and improved health. Join me as we explore the endless possibilities and opportunities in the health and fitness field. Today's guest is Hildy Fien. She's retired from working in information technology and project management and is now teaching circus arts to older adults. She's been dancing on the ground and in the air for over 20 years. She started taking aerial classes at the age of 47, and she studies and performs trapeze, silks, cloud swing, wall running, and contact improvisation. When she choreographs, she likes her pieces to tell a story, often with humor. Hildy believes exercise classes are also a chance for people to connect and socialize, especially for people who live on their own. So not only are they taking care of their body, but they're also helping their mental health. She believes the mind and body go hand in hand. When one is feeling good, often the other is feeling good. But Hildy's journey extends beyond the individual. It's about fostering community and connection. With over a decade of experience teaching low-flying trapeze, She's on a mission to empower adults who may believe they're too old or out of shape to embrace the circus arts. For Hildy, exercise classes aren't just about physical well-being. They're a lifeline for those seeking companionship and camaraderie, nurturing both body and mind in equal measure. In this episode, we talk about the various circus arts and the places to learn these forms of movement practices. In the show description, there are links to videos of Hildy's performances, a trapeze performance from her students, and links to the Circus Arts Studio in her area of Madison, Wisconsin. Here's my conversation with Hildy Fien. Hi, Hildy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me here today. I was just saying I'm so excited to interview you because what you are doing is so unique. And I want you to start off by talking about what kind of classes you offer to older adults. Well, I offer... Aerial dance and specifically single point low flying trapeze. Single point came out of the 70s, out of modern dance, where dancers wanted to be able to get into the air, into space without having another partner, which for women was traditionally a male, to lift them up into space. So instead of having a human lift them up, we use a, a bar about 22 inches that's, um, depending on how you have it connected, is connected to a rope on each end that comes to a single midpoint. And it allows you to give some of your weight, just like you would do to a human partner, and it allows you to give you some of your weight to this bar so you can get the sense of weightlessness and have your feet a little bit off the ground. 
So when people hear trapeze, they usually think of circus, high-flying trapeze. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's amazing and very scary. And I've done it and it's scary. But um, this, is, this is more accessible to anybody who wants to do it. And so I focus when I started teaching on people in my age range and specifically often mostly women who said, hey, I see you perform. I want to try this, but am I too old or I don't have the strength? And I tell them it's like any exercise. You do the exercise and you get the strength for the exercise. So I started teaching about 10 years ago a little bit after I retired from work. And I have taught all age ranges from kids to a woman who at the time was 93 years old. Wow. So it sounds like people are seeing you perform at, at your age and that's inspiring them to want to get involved. Is that how you're getting Right. Yeah. That's, that's one reason. And as I said, how it started is a few of my dance friends, um, we were community dancers for a professor at UW-Madison, and they knew I was doing aerial dance, single-point low-flying trapeze. And they said, oh, would you start teaching us? Because I had retired. And I said, oh, okay. And so I only teach the basics because... I believe that I know basics really well, having done aerial dance for over 20 years. And I believe it was something that I could teach really well. And I wanted it to be accessible to people who wouldn't normally do an activity like this. And then if they really liked it, then they could go on to another class where they would take more advanced moves. Yeah. I was going to say, it just doesn't seem like a class that would be on somebody's forefront like oh i think i'm gonna try a low-flying trapeze yeah in my city like, it, it just doesn't seem like it's yeah. something that's on the forefront of people's minds so i was wondering how you were getting people into class and getting this in front of them as a possibility that they could do this i do it all by word of mouth so um people who know me and and or have taken a class for me may tell a friend and say oh i do this and the friend may say, oh, I want to try it. And so then they would make a connection yeah. with me. Okay. I, especially at, at, I perform with two groups. And um, at one of the places, a lot of classes are offered. And people will come up and say, oh, you know, you're older than that. And that they weren't saying this way, but oh, yeah, you're older than everybody else. And, like, I wouldn't be able to do that. And it's like, no, anybody can do it. It's, it's just like any exercise. Like, if you decide you want to go hiking and you start hiking short distances and then you improve your stamina or if you want to start running or if you want to do ballet or play soccer or whatever. I just consider it an exercise, although a very lovely exercise. Yes, I, I can see that. Are your students performing? Yes. My students have performed. In fact, they did a performance. Four of them did a performance this past summer in June when one of the studios where I study and perform and practice was celebrating their 10th anniversary of being an organization. 
And so they had various mini performances and I call them my ladies and they go by the name of the flying rhinestones. One of them came up with that. And I said, oh, do you want to do a little piece in the show? And they said, sure. So we came up with a framework and they picked the moves that they wanted to do. And we picked out, um, I picked out some music and it was sort of a style music and they did great. Everybody loved them. One of them has done a solo that she did many years ago. So. so great. What have you heard from your participants? Do you feel like they are changing the ways they see themselves now that they're doing this form of movement art and now they're performing? Like, What kind of transformation have you seen in your students? Well, one in particular who is 82 loves telling her doctors that she does trapeze. And so she doesn't necessarily say it's low flying trapeze. Um, she may eventually tell them that, but she just loves say, oh, well, I do trapeze. So we have to make sure that I keep doing that. And um, another of my students liked class so much that she started taking a class with the other organization in Madison that teaches adults, which is a little bit more fast paced. And um, a little bit more advanced, but she enjoyed doing it. And she's watched the other group perform. And she thought, well, I think I'm going to try those classes. And I think to begin with, she may not. Yeah. Oh, that is so neat. You started off as a performer, though, right? Before you were teaching. Let me think about that for a second. No, actually... I started taking low flying trapeze classes when I was 47. And with this one group that has been in Madison now for, I believe, 33 years. And I started taking classes from them when they were about 10 years old or so. And I had watched them for many years and decided that I had to learn how to do aerial dance. And then um, they do this amazing show in a local park every year. They used to hang the apparatus from a big bird oak tree in it. It was, it was just magical. And after being with them, I think about a year or so, I said, hey, can we um, perform <laughs> and be in a piece? And so ever since then, they have had their students be in a piece for that show. That's when I started performing. And I've created pieces, I believe five or six pieces that I've choreographed over the years for myself or for a group of people. And those have been performed. You got started a little later in life too. You said you started at 47. Right. Yes. And you just because you saw it and you wanted to, to be a part of it, or that's what inspired you? What inspired me was I was watching um, this one group used to perform in an old, I think it was a church. And above was, it was an old Turner Hall. And above, I believe, was a beer hall, which I unfortunately never got to experience. And I was watching this performance. And one of their performers was just so freed by the experience of flying around 
Like she had a headband on. And I remember her like throwing the headband up because it was such a, once you get to this weightless point, it's such a, a freeing experience. And I thought, hmm, I need to learn how to do this. And so I started taking classes. It seems like for some people that would be really scary. Like you said, like the, the full-on trapeze is, is scary. And I can see for some people just being off the ground could instill a lot of fear. How do you address that yes. with your students? Well, how I address it is um, first I have them walk the scale. So it's like, I'll just feel what it's like to hold on to the bar and then walk a little bit with your feet on the ground. And then I'd say, well, then see if you can hold on to the bar and maybe be on your tippy toes. And then from your tippy toes, I'll say, okay, so can you lift both legs up and let the bar take you? And that's huge. I call it the wee moment because if you pull the bar back and have your hands on both sides of the bar, and you just, you just lift up. You can even have your feet slide a little bit, but you just see if you can lift up one foot and maybe both feet for a second. The bar will automatically take you. You don't really have to do anything. And um, that's their wee moment. And do you feel like from that moment on, they become more comfortable with it and they, it kind of grows from there? Well, what, we, what I do is I... Do warm-ups and conditionings before they get on the bar so they can start building up the muscles, the back muscles in the core, to have the bar take some of their weight. But they also need to be able to carry some of their weight. So it's a progression of doing exercises that will help them get the strength to be confident and give their weight to this bar that they're holding a little bit above, they're holding onto, which is a little bit above their head. And I teach skills in a progression. So some of the skills would be, their feet would be on the ground, but they would be holding onto the bar and they, they would just spin around a little bit. So they get a sense of the movement of the bar. And then, um, and then we would progress to walking the bar in a circle. And then if they feel comfortable trying to do almost like a little run as they hold on to the bar with both hands. So it's a progression. If I'm teaching an intro class that's a one-time thing, I always try to give them the opportunity to have the, the wee moment where they can put the, both their hands on the bar, lift their legs just a little bit and have it take them. And sometimes it's, it's like, well, I'll put my foot down. I lift it up for a second and I'll put it down again. But then they, they get the sense of what they need to do. And pretty much just about everybody gets the first time around. And as their strength improves, um, they start with both hands on the bar, and then eventually the goal would be if you could hold your weight with one hand on the bar, because that allows you to to be a bit more open. I can only imagine how much strength they, they gain by being in class. Strength and body awareness. They do. Yes. And it's very exciting to watch them get the strength. 
as I was mentioning, my um, 81-year-old person who reminds me that she'll be 82 in March. And she just just loves doing it because she loves the idea that she's going to be strong and that she's getting stronger each time mm-hmm. she takes a class. And it's fun. That's the other thing. It sounds like they're having fun. That's, yes, it's fun. And I have to admit, I'm not a, I'm not a gym person. I do not like going to gyms and working on machines. And so this is fun. We do fun warm-up exercises and conditioning exercises. And it's unique. So they have something to tell their friends and their family that, oh, I'm doing aerial dance. I'm doing low-flying chapeze. And they're like, well. And they immediately think circus, high-flying. And then they have to say, no, it's, it's, it's more like modern dance. It's up here a little mm-hmm. bit up in the air. So it, it's not only is it fun, but it's also a social environment for Women, especially if they single, if they're single, several of my the of my students are single, and it, it gives them a chance that they know. Yes, every week I'm going to go to this fun class, and I'm going to see other people my age range doing the same thing. Creating opportunities for people to be physically active and socially engaged, I, it contributes hugely to people's well being. So I think that that's amazing when we can do both and give them people to connect to as well as a fun activity um, that gets them stronger. So this falls under the umbrella of circus arts. We were talking about this before, like there's circus arts and trapeze is underneath that. What all is encompassed in circus art? Circus arts can include juggling, hula hooping, German wheel. Juggling is one one genre of what we call object manipulation. So that could be poi and um, staff and Diablo, rather than just thinking of like clubs and, and walls. Um, Tightwire is another circus art. Clowning is another circus art. I have to admit that a lot of the pieces that I like to do and choreograph have a bit of a, a comedic physical theater in them because I think it's it's fun to make people laugh while you're also doing something a little bit different. And I also find that when I go to a lot of performances, so many of the performances are very internal. And so I like the idea of being able to make the piece more accessible and more fun and that that you're involving the audience a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, I know you're there and I'm going to make you laugh. Yeah, that that's fun. Where are you practicing is that? It sounds like there's a place in your area that does specifically circus arts. Is that right? Correct. Madison, Wisconsin is very lucky. And you'll hear the elevator speech that there's actually three circus groups in Madison, and they all have their their focus. So the oldest is Cyclopia Aerial Dance that has been around for about thirty three years, and they teach aerial dance starting with single point low flying trapeze, and they teach people sixteen and up, and they have a lovely studio space. 
and there's ceilings. It's a lovely space about mm, between 4,000, 5,000 square feet with ceilings, I think about 22 to 24 feet so that you can, and everything's on pulley rigs. They also offer something called wall dancing, which I do, which is um, very fun. And rather being vertical, you're horizontal, moving along a, a floor. And I, they have a wall that's perfect for doing that in the studio. The next group is a group called the Wild Rumpus, and they focus on children ages 7 to 13. And they own a building in a town, Mizumini, outside of Madison. And they teach the circus arts. They bring in teachers to teach aerial dance and German wheel and stilt walking. All the kids learn how to stilt walk, which is amazing. And the third group is Madison Circus Space, and that's where I teach. They've been around for, it'll be 11 years this summer. And so that also offers classes in hula hooping and German reel, slackline, lots of aerial dance, martial, some ballet, um, Feldenkrais movement, martial arts movement, capillar movement. So that just encompasses both the movement arts and the circus arts and clowning. We just had artists in residence that taught um, foot juggling and clowning. Oh, wow. Foot juggling. I didn't know, I didn't know that existed. Um, circus arts is something that has just recently got on my radar, probably within the past year or two. To your knowledge, are there other places throughout the country that offer circus arts classes? Yes. Yes. It's, um, I would give credit to Cirque du Soleil for reviving the circus arts and making it a bit more modern compared to um, what I would call traditional circus that has been around for, for hundreds of years. In fact, um, in a town about an hour from Madison is the... Um, Let's see, what do they go by now? Ringling, Barnum, and Bailey. It was the birth of that circus. And so they hold, um, they have a museum and they hold circuses in the traditional, what I would call more traditional circuses in a big tap. And so to answer your question, there are circus studios, circus arts, and aerial dance studios all over the country. And one of the cool things is that a lot of them are focused on children because they've learned that the focus and the teamwork that you need to have in order to do circus arts is very beneficial to children. So you will find a lot of organizations. Um, there's a group in, I think, Twin Cities in Chicago. There's... Um, an organization out of Florida, Sarasota, because Sarasota is where a lot of the circuses would go to winter over. Mm -hmm. There's another circus group out of Boulder, um, Frequent Flyers, that has been around for, I think, almost 30 years now. 
um, they primarily teach the aerial dance and have an aerial dance festival every year, and that's been happening for over 20 years. So it's a, it's a big deal, not only for adults, but for kids. Right. Do you know of any other programs, circus arts, for specifically for older adults, like what you're doing? That's a good question. I believe that any place would probably offer classes to any adult, regardless of their age. But I don't know how many focus on people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I think if someone that age said, hey, I want to study this. I don't know of any other program, but that's not to say that it doesn't exist. I have taken classes at other places, and it was just like class for, you know, whoever wanted to take that activity. Well, I can see how it would be helpful to have somebody that is in later in life teaching these classes because it expands people's minds. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I could do this. And now they have somebody that they might Mm -hmm. maybe trust more, relate to more, to be able to teach it to them rather than somebody that's younger teaching it to them. So what did you have to do to be able to teach what you teach? Did you, is there training for instructors? Our programs, and you can get certified in teaching aerial dance and maybe a spe- um, and a specific apparatus such as silks or sling. When I, was, when I started teaching at the circus space, one of the more experienced teachers reviewed my, t- my teaching. And I have taken um, training workshops on how to teach. I have not gotten certified, though. Also, we had a program where we could have our teaching reviewed by an experienced, respected teacher in the industry for feedback. And I'm proud to say that she was very pleased with my teaching. (laughs) So that was good. Did you have a teaching background? What were you doing before you did this? I did in a way. In college, I did. I have a degree in psychology and I did take some classes in education and worked as a volunteer in a school for a year or two once I got out of college. And um, my career was in information technology and project management and technical support. And to me, technical support It's all about teaching people how to use their computer or the software that they're using and trying to explain in words that they can understand. I felt like I was the human interface between the software developers and the public to explain why something worked a certain way or why it wasn't working. And it gave me skills in learning how to communicate to people to explain something. Because you need to be able to explain and help problem solve in words that they can under that works for them and then is accessible to them. So I did technical support and project management for over 30 years in information technology. And that was one reason why I felt I would be able to teach low flying trapeze because I felt that I believe that I really, really knew the basics pretty darn well because I have taken a lot of classes and I felt that 
because certain words work better for me to process what I need to do. I felt that I had a good idea of how to try to explain things and verbiage that would work for the students. And sometimes it doesn't work. So then, it, then you have to bring in the problem solving to figure out, well, what words or what visual or what demonstration would work for the student to understand what you're trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now you're teaching it and you still perform this. Has teaching changed your relationship to low trapeze at all? Or has anything changed with your performances being a teacher? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that. Let me think about that. I think performing is all about trying to communicate something to the audience. And so when I perform, I try to tell a story. So it's not just a piece to music because I thought the music was cool. I want to tell a story that is accessible to the audience. And when I teach, I want to teach skills that are as accessible to the students. Do you have any future plans for your teaching? Are you planning on offering different classes or even for yourself? Are there any additional movement arts that you're getting into? What do you think your future holds? Uh, another good question. I will, I will be sticking with the focus of teaching the uh, intro, the basics of single point low flying trapeze, because I believe it's a great entryway to the other apparatus. It's my belief that you need to develop the strength, the core strength, and the back strength. And um, I believe there's certain apparatus like sling and single point low flying trapeze that allows you to gain that strength without getting too frustrated. Like I started silks after I had been doing trapeze for about five years. And there was a whole different ball game in a way. It took so much more technique and muscle. It was like, just crane me up there, tell me what to do, and then I'll get down. Um, and so even if you learn an apparatus to begin with, like single point or um, sling or lira, I think is, is a good starting point, you'll need to develop different muscle pathways for different apparatus. So I feel my specialty is getting people started so that they can move on to other places. Recently, yeah. I've been doing more ground, what we call ground dance. So we, we, we have aerial and we have ground dance, which is modern dance. So recently, I've been doing a little bit more of that. And I'll be in a couple of shows this year that involves ground dance and probably no aerial. And it's a um, learning structured choreography because I have a background more in improv is is a huge challenge for me, but I feel it's a it's a good challenge. So for myself, that's where I'm going. Um, I'm also I created for a piece that will happen this weekend that I won't be in, but just a, a funny narrative piece. So I may possibly be doing a little bit more writing that would be incorporated in a piece. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What do you love most about teaching? I love it when people who say, oh, I don't know if I can do this, 
actually accomplish something like the wee moment where they can lift up their feet. They have the bar just carry them forward a, a little bit. And that's just just great fun and how much fun it is. So when I taught a person who was 93 a couple of years ago, and she has a very strong yoga background and had been a yoga teacher for years. But when she sat on a sling and we pushed her and she got a sense of moving in the air like she used to do as a kid, it was great because she had this huge smile on her face. Recently, I taught a friend and her grandson, who's four, and in the beginning, he said, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. And she said, well, why don't you just come and we'll try it and see what you think. And he had so much fun hanging from the bar and moving around with the bar that after the class, he asked his grandma and said, so like, can we do this again? And so she said, well, when you don't have school, then you can, we'll see if you can do it again. So it's moments like that. It's, um, and it's kind of fun when I tell someone that, and it's often a younger person to say, oh, I do aerial dance. I teach single point low flying trapeze. And they look at me and it's like, what? So what are you doing? And it's like, you know, I can do it. Um, I'm pretty petite compared to most people. So um, it's, I think it's, the surprise is not only because of the age, but also because of my size. But when I take classes, the classes that I take don't do any adaptation because of my age. And I'm very grateful for my instructors for that. Um, I'm a little bit slower of maybe learning things. And some of the skills I do may not be as advanced as skills that other people who are younger do. But it's not like, well, you don't have to do that because you're too old or it's not in your skill set. It's just like, I'm just one of the students and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Hilly, where can people find you? If they're rolling through Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> and they want to see a performance or maybe they want to take a class from you, I think you're going to need to have your own webpage here. That people could see what you do and maybe experience the class from you. Right. So I teach at the at Madison Circus Space, and they can go to that website. And I have to admit that I'm not listed as an instructor because this is not a full-time job. Theoretically, I'm retired, and I do it as a hobby. And so they could just write contact Madison Circus Space, and they would put them in touch. And um, they, if, if someone's rolling through Madison, they can look up any of the other groups that are in Madison. So there's madisoncircusspace.com, cecropia.org, and the rumpusroom, all one word. Um, and they could just write, just look up circus arts or aerial dance mm -hmm. and contact the, the companies. Um, yeah, it would be great if they want to take a class from me, but it would be also great if they want to take a class from any of the other organizations. Sure. Or see one of your performances. Right. Yes. Yes. And there will be a lot of, there are a lot of performances happening, especially for the first half of the year. And there'll be more performances 
And the latter half of the year, right now, there just seems to be a big chunk from now until May. And yeah, and so they can look at um, events at any of those websites and see when there are performances. Okay, I'll put links to those in the show description when I post this episode. Is there anywhere else that people could get in touch with you? I'm teaching two days a week, two mornings a week. And I'll do, um, you know, private, like people will write info at medicinecircusspace.com and say, hey, I want to, I've never done this before. I want to take a class. And the person that reads those emails will then send it to the instructors and maybe to a specific instructor if it's a newbie and say, oh, I think this, this is a good match. And so that's how I teach some um, privates every once in a while. Okay. Are there any videos of your performances that people could view? I don't know if there's anything out on YouTube or anything. There are a couple that I did. I didn't send you those links. I can make sure. I got your pictures, but I didn't get any um, links to videos. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can send that to you. There's, there's, um, True. The videos aren't, aren't the greatest, but they're okay. One's with a, a big stuffed gorilla, rainbow-colored gorilla. And when I have a, my clown character is Tallulah Bell. And so every once in a while, Tallulah Bell performs. So yes, I will make a note just to um, send the links to the videos. Okay, I would love to see that. Before we wrap up, Hildy, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't already touch on? I think people, when they hear circus arts and movement arts and exercise, and you often hear people say, well, I need to exercise, but I don't like gyms, or I feel like I'm not strong enough to even start exercising, to remember that the point of exercise is to get the strength and the conditioning for the exercise that you're doing. So just try it. Don't have that be a barrier to trying something new. That could also be fun. There's so many cool classes out there, especially designed for older people that are more fun than going to a gym. Not to knock gym classes. Those are great. There's, you know, Pilates classes. There are ballet classes. There's parkour senior classes. There's pickleball. There's there's just so many different things out there, and to open their minds, that is, is there's more opportunities than going to let's say a gym or walking, running a marathon. There's lots more selections, and there's more and more selections every day because I think. People are realizing that we all need to keep moving and that it doesn't have to be the traditional type of movement. That hula hooping is great exercise. We all probably hula hooped when we were kids. And I have to admit, I can still remember when I was a kid being in a competition and I think I kept the hula hoop going for 15 seconds. So if you did hula hoop when you were a kid, go take a hula hooping class now. You know, if you um, 
go to the circus and say, oh, yeah, then it'd be cool yeah. to be able to do some of that stuff. Then go try a class. Learn it and don't be afraid to lead it because I do think people are looking for new and different ways to move. And it's not that they don't want to. It's sometimes finding a class, finding a place that feels accessible and inviting to them and a leader to help guide them through it. So mm -hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, the wise, I know the wise in Madison have some great programs and often the programs are for um, people over 50. And so if you're reluctant to take a class with people that are younger than you, there's more and more classes and opportunities to take classes with people of your of your age group or your peer if that's something that you want yes and by offering the class i feel like you're communicating i believe you can do this thing and this is where you can do it at um yeah. so Thank i you. i love yes. that you're offering this and i would love to stop by one of your classes if i'm in madison and you happen <laughs> to be teaching well, we hope to have you come. I'm sure Susan Frickin would love to have you come to Madison. And I'm, yeah, it's on my radar for this this year. I have to admit, I, um, because most of the people that I move with are 30 and 40 years younger than I am, I'm kind of used, used to that because I like the idea that I just accepted this one of them. You know, it's not like, well, we're going to modify this because you're older. and um, maybe I'm in denial, but it's more like, well, I want to do this. My skills will never be as good as someone who's younger than I am. They can do a lot more tricks than I can do and that I want to do. But I feel like what I do, I do pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I, and kudos to them for not lowering the bar, but let you Right. Know. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Every environment, depending on the environment, works for specific people. So if someone is taking a class in an environment that works for them where it's more basic, um, that's great because once they get the skills, if they say, hey, I really like this, and they, they can move on to a class maybe that, that um, is a larger group of people in different ages. Yeah, yeah, just a starting point. But it's a great starting point. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. We all do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hilly, this has been so much fun. I yeah, thank you. This is, <laughs> this is it, it was, it was very enjoyable. And I, um, I'll send you those links. I've loved having you on the podcast. And I love talking to you about this unique form that you're teaching. I don't think a lot of people think of doing that or teaching that for older adults. So I think it's really special what you're doing. If you're interested in exploring a Second Act career in health and fitness, sign up for the Second Act Fit Pros newsletter. I provide information on online events I host and opportunities to connect with current health and fitness professionals, as well as those who are aspiring to work in the field. A link to sign up for the newsletter can be found in the show description.